0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host welcome to face to face this is a show about change and what's next it's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration, collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview again was a real treat for me. It's with uh, director, filmmaker, producer, writer Rodrigo Reyes. His new film Four Ninety Nine or Four Nine Nine is a, I guess you could say in a way, it's a celebration. Uh, it's a um, a step into the five hundredth year anniversary of colonialism, frankly, in, in in Mexico. And it's it's a film that is uh, moving. It's compelling. It's engaging on so many levels. The cinematography is stunning. It's a fascinating uh, road movie, frankly. And for those of you who like road movies, this is one with a bit of a twist. And he brings together, I mean, you know, this sense of uh, poetry and, and and magical realism, I guess, uh, together to to make contact with reality and really truly. Moving and meaningful ways, and so it's kind of. Um, I think I've read somewhere that it's a hybrid documentary. I'm not sure that I would call it that, but it certainly brings genres together in a really uh, interesting and, and fascinating way, and also has this ability to reach in and really touch you uh, in 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 uh, in significant ways in a emotional, uh, spiritual, and a heartfelt way. So it's a, a real bridge to to I believe to the future. And, and to this thing uh, we call hope. We talk about the system. We talk about uh, narrative and narrative structure. We talk about victims of violence and journalism and how important it is to step in and, and tell the truth. And one of the things Rodrigo and I really f- spend a fair bit of time on is this idea of listening and how important it is to be heard and, and to be acknowledged and how transformation actually is going to come through that. Rodrigo has quite a, a history of history in his background. His father's a historian and uh, he's a political scientist. But academically, and so he has uh, stepped into this filmmaking uh, world in, in a really interesting uh, uh, way um, as he Tells other people's stories and and tells his own stories. He talks about context and we talk about stepping into a, other universes and uh, the the destruction of knowledge and and what are you know c- cinematic solutions to these problems. And so I hope I piqued your interest. Uh, this is an interview that you are I believe you're going to really enjoy. I sure did. And Rodrigo is a wonderful guy, a fun, great sense of humor. I'm looking forward to part two and absolutely looking forward to his next film. But It is playing at Hot Docs online, and if if you miss the date on that by the time you actually get to hear this interview, which is highly possible, I hope you'll seek this out. It's the number 499 coming up on the 500th year anniversary of the explorer Cortez uh, making his way through Veracruz and into Mexico City ultimately, and this roadway of violence, if that's fair. And I hope, Rodrigo, that's that's okay to talk about that. And so step in here with me now into this conversation and, and make sure you make note of the film as well. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and my writing copy of my book, Real Change Is Incremental, is there. I'd love for you to purchase that. And then face-to-face live, uh, over 500 interviews now. We have crossed that mark. It's crazy that we've had this many conversations, and I can't wait to have that many more. Always peeling back the layers, always learning something else and something new, casual conversation, intelligent inspiration. My guests are amazing, and I am so blessed and so thrilled and so. Um, just amazed, I suppose you could say, that that that, that we're still going strong. Uh, advertising is beginning. We've got a newsletter. Uh, we have a website that's getting a ton of traffic. So if you're interested in getting your word on the street, please reach out to us. We can do that. I can also facilitate your conversations, your podcasts, your online events as well. And during COVID and this crisis that we're in, Zoom seems to be the way that we're going. And I'm starting to actually host and facilitate large uh, online events as well. So Reach out if you want to advertise with us. If you you want to step in, and if you can't do any of that, and don't forget about Patreon as well, folks. For those of you who can uh, support us that way, we'd really appreciate it. Please do uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, I, I hope at least a three-star review, four or five would be preferable, and then maybe a one-line about why you listen or what's important. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, send it to your friends. Social mediate us. We would so appreciate getting word on the street. It's a challenge out there. It's noisy in the podcasting world, but we are committed to continuing this ongoing conversation and then of course rabble.ca is a platform where face-to-face is also still hosted check us out there lots of writers bloggers podcasters thinkers who uh, you know news for the rest of us they're 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 talking about things that matter so step into that if uh, and when we will and don't forget coming right up rodrigo reyes and his new film 499 let's hope we see rodrigo at the oscars next year well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today uh, with us here. And once again, sadly, uh, COVID and all, we are not face to face, and and unfortunately, the distance between us would probably have gotten in the way. But we have with us here Rodrigo Reyes to talk about his new film, Four Ninety Nine. Four Ninety Nine, I guess. Rodrigo, thanks so much for for joining us today. Thank you so much for
1: inviting me, David.
0: So, so why, uh, why don't we just step right in before, but before we do that, um, I, I love this film. It is, it's, it's stunning. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking and engaging and so thoughtful and, 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 the performance, um, from, from, uh, from Eduardo is just, it's stunning. So anyway, I just wanted to say congratulations and, and, and you're at hot dogs this year. You, you this winner of the special jury prize, winner of cinematography at Tribeca. So anyway, Rodrigo, congrats.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad you love the film.
0: I really did. And I hope everyone sees it for for so many reasons. Not only is it a gorgeous, stunning film, it's it's an important film as well. And I, I think that uh, I, years ago, I kind of tried to try to make that distinction between, you know, great and important. And sometimes they, they, they both meet. Why 499? Well, you know,
1: like, it's this whole idea of anniversaries, right? We have like, Uh, These celebrations that we mark, you know, the bicentennial in the U.S. And, you know, anniversaries are endowed with all this power, right? They're like these like nodes of history. And next year, 2021, will be 500 years that um, Cortez conquered the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan. So it's a huge, huge moment in world history, in colonial history, and especially in Mexican history. You know, for a lot of people, this is the moment where Mexico as a a concept or nation is born. So I wanted to you know, like make a film about this issue. I've been wanting to make it for forever, you know, because my, my dad's hmm. a historian. So oh, okay. my, my dad, as a, when I was a little kid, like my funnest you know, moments as a five-year-old were going to museums with my dad and like just looking at these amazing artifacts and learning of, about the history of these civilizations that had been conquered um, by the Spanish in this very epic kind of like way. And, and and I've always been fascinated with with this anniversary. And so when I when I realized those five hundred years were coming, I knew I had to make a movie. But but I also knew that that we couldn't just celebrate that anniversary like it's it's an incomplete. You know, there's something there that's missing. So we, we took a number off, and I think that four ninety nine makes it so compelling. Like like what, what you know, we're about to get to this round number, but it's imperfect.
0: I would say yeah it's uh, I would say pretty imperfect after 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 uh, watching the film it's this is I guess you would you say it's a series of repetitions in a sense uh, you kind of you kind of end there but this it's it's about the past it's about the future it's about the present as well and in a really fascinating way that you bring kind of documentary film and narrative together in, in a in a really poetic and magical way
1: well you know the film the film basically follows this the character of a fictional conquistador, right? Like he's from the 16th century and he materializes in modern Mexico. And it's it's a narrative device to allow us to, to bring into the film this clash of times, right? The past and the present. Um, and as he goes on his journey from the coasts of Veracruz into the highlands and um, the capital city, he meets... With uh, the victims of violence, like people who are real people who are living with some of the harshest and most difficult um, problems going on in Mexico today, from the murder of journalists to migrants fleeing Central America, and also uh, feminicides, you know, the the violent gender violence, you know, murder of young women in Mexico. Um, So he meets all these real people who have gone through very serious things and so in a way like where the film creates this question of like you know is this history present is it repeating Mm -hmm. itself is the violence you know still here and i think we ask ourselves that like especially now with the covid crisis and so many other problems in the world where there's this question lingering of like why why does this stuff keep happening why why is it repeating itself
0: (laughs) Yeah. Why, why does it keep happening? So are you, it's fascinating that your father was a historian. How, how did you end up uh, becoming a filmmaker and not a historian?
1: You know, he always exposed me to film as well. I remember Mm. watching films as a, as, as a kid and just, I've always loved film. I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, I, I, I studied political science though in UC San Diego.
0: Makes sense. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I had this got to go
0: after those got to go after those colonials, hey eh, Rodrigo.
1: Yeah, and then just I, I had this duty as the 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 oldest uh, you know, and we migrated to California. So I had I had this duty to do something respectable, right? And so po- poli-sci was respectable, but then as soon as I got my diploma from from college, I I just went off and started making movies
0: right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's well. I'm glad you did. It's it's amazing. The, did I read somewhere that when you stepped into this, even maybe as far into the uh, into the editing process, post production, you weren't quite sure whether or not you still had a movie.
1: I was not sure the whole movie is an experiment. And I think, you know, like would this work? Would you, would you be able to believe that we created this character and that he's interacting with real people? And would would you actually, as the viewer, would you go along on this odyssey? Would you accept this uh, anachronism? And um, we didn't know. And it it really, it was such an intense shoot, you know, like we were on the road for seven weeks total in in two parts. And so we were just like we had no control over the circumstances. We, we would set up like in a marketplace and then try to make the marketplace work in the film with the character. And then also we had to navigate these collaborations with the real people, right? Because you, right, couldn't, right. you, didn't, you didn't just show up and just interview them like a journalist would. They, they had to be on board with the whole idea of even meeting a, a conquistador and letting, letting this character into their home and, and really listening To um, to what we were trying to do, but we also had to listen to them and adapt Mm -hmm. the film to to their input. Right. Um, Because you couldn't you couldn't make a film about colonialism and be colonialist at the same time. Right.
0: Right, I love how you uh, how you just mentioned you had to listen to them. Uh, They had to listen to you. Uh, doing, you know, as my listeners will know, I've been working in development for, for many years. And I, I've i always said that what makes a great development worker or a great student is the ability, you know, three things. One, you got to listen. Two, you got to listen. Three, you got to listen. This film is about that for me. And I see, I see Eduardo's character, this conquistador, in a way, even though he, he starts out with this arrogant kind of, we're here to enslave you in front of the school children. It's just so sort of absurd in a certain way. And yet, through this road trip, this journey, he kind of comes to realize it is about paying attention. It is about listening. And yet, and, and I, I guess maybe Rodrigo being able to empathize. Totally.
1: I mean, let's let's just think about how important listening is as an action. Just how important, it, you know, how how um, subversive listening is you know, Mm, like, uh, look at what's happening in the U S right now in Minnesota, right? Like there's these, uh, protests and these, this Mm -hmm. outrage for just a totally, um, incomprehensible murder. Right. And, and, and the greatest, the greatest request, I think on the streets and, and in everybody's mind in the U S right now is like, listen, listen to what's going on. Like, listen, you know, and this, this, need to be heard and to be acknowledged and to be uh really um a part of that conversation is so subversive and and there's a reason why structures of power don't want um to listen right mm. um and so i i thought a lot about that when i made this film because you could say, well, why? Why do we need to follow the conquistador? He's he's the bad guy, right? He's he's right. been he's he's the colonizer. Why do we need to listen? Why do we need to follow his story, right? But, but that's exactly the point. It's like if if you can have this power, this this person who embodies power, if you can, if you if he can listen, then there is a, a, a possibility to transform. You know, um, I feel very strongly about that. I I don't, I don't want to. Like uh, say that um, that that he is beyond listening and beyond dialogue. Um, I think that's just a very self self serving. You know, it makes me feel good maybe to say, well, he's a bad guy, and, and right. by extension, I'm a good guy. But but really, that's that's what needs to happen. Like I, you know, we need to have this dialogue across history.
0: It re- it remind it reminds me a little bit of, um, and I don't know if this is what you were going for or not, but. Um... Oh, oh, come on! This is horrible. Terrence Malick's film about Pocahontas. Um, um, can 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 we remember what that is? Off the, the new wow. world, yeah. The new, yeah. Of course. Um, I just watched it not that long ago, actually. But there, there's obviously there's correlations and there's 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 connections there. But I love how how Eduardo is able to to bring us into that. and and and, and I actually felt like yes, he is the bad guy and all that he represents, and yet. Certainly, by the time he gets to the garbage dump at the end, which is absolutely wonderful, by the way, um, I'm I'm not on his side, but I, I f- I'm feeling for him, and, and and I love that we've kind of come in a way back to to hope, in in a sense. You, you you strike me as a pretty hopeful person, Rodrigo, but but we we sort of end there, and I think that's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, I think I think the conversation about our history has to be relevant to our hopes for the future, right? Like history only matters if we if it teaches us something about ourselves that we can right. use. And I think um, you know, so many countries are grappling with their history or avoiding uh their history, right? And and we need to to use it as a possibility to build together. I, I you know, it'd be great if we could just exercise and erase um, all, all the, all the bad stuff that we've gone Mm. through, but we can't, it's, it's already happened. We we can only come to, to terms with our history. Right. And so, so I feel, I feel for the conquistador, you know, like, because he, Mm. he, he is degraded by this journey. He's, he's forced to listen to what he would never want to hear. Right. He, he's never, he's never wanted to confront the effects of what he did. He was just a soldier in, uh, in, in this crazy dream of, of Empire right um and and I think the film reminds us of his his humanity without um, celebrating him or or making him into some sort of a hero
0: does he ever i I don't actually remember in the film and certainly there are there are i would i would call them sort of moments of recognition or shocks of recognition for him and certainly the facial expressions are just wonderful is is there ever a realization does he actually come out and say I, I can see this 500 year link here. I can connect those dots.
1: I, I think like that's really up, up open to interpretation, mm. how much uh, the character has, has a listened, but we, we have, right. We've, we've right. gone on the journey of the film. And I think I think we're, we're there watching him as he goes through all these stages and, and moves through these amazing, incredibly beautiful landscapes and listens to these harrowing stories of you know, people who share them with a lot of honesty and just a lot of commitment to their, to their story. And, and so it's a really up to us, I think. Uh, what, what he does with his life it almost becomes irrelevant, I think, by the end of the
0: film. Mm. Um, his Notebook. Is that, um, is that the academic in you coming out?
1: Well, you know, like uh, so, the character has a has so a love diary. that little
0: detail, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: he has a diary, and I, I just wanted to give a nod to to these uh, chronicles of the of, of colonial eras. Right, there's all mm. these chronicles. Cortes himself wrote letters to the king where he was. Constantly trying to spin things, and so here he is remembering through this diary that that he's given by one of the characters. Right uh, uh, early on, uh, the son of a murdered journalist gives him a notebook and mm. basically is telling him write and think. And so as he writes and yeah. he thinks, he's he's remembering his past, and we we get to listen to that past and and have some idea of what he did, you know, and and you could you could start to hear his version. You know, it isn't an right. objective voice. And I think that that's just a natural inclination to try to spin everything into positive. Um, but it, it, starts to be, it starts to become it starts to become impossible, I think, to keep spinning, uh, you know, the past in light of the of the present. Right. Like you, you could keep saying, for instance, in the U.S. that, that we're we've overcome slavery. But but the effects of of that trauma linger and are mm. still incredibly damaging, and and horrific today, right? So so as you start to contrast his voice with the voices of real people, you get this very rich um, clash. I think of of visions.
0: I think it's interesting. You know, I love the opening scene of him washing up on shore. Um, if he had landed in the ship with the other soldiers, sailors and, and and people on the boat, his experience probably would have been different. And I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but it came it just bubbled up to the surface as you were chatting a little bit about the diary and about listening. So on his own, he has this ability five hundred years later to say, or at least I think he does anyway, you know, there's, there's, there's culpability there. There's this, maybe a sense of justice perhaps. And, and where did we go wrong? And, and look what we ended up, you know, being, being a part of, uh, we should have known better sort of a thing. Had he arrived with a bunch of people on the shore, it, his experience might've been different. Is there something about that independent sort of soulful journey? Does that make sense, Rodrigo?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, that, you know, we don't know why he was chosen, right? Right. There's no explanation, you know, uh, when you watch the film for folks who get to watch it out in Toronto um, during the festival, um, you know, there's no explanation. Like, forget about that stuff. Like, just some random, you know, forces of history or the universe just pick this, this man. And, and isolating him allows him really to, to challenge himself Mm. and to go into a different kind of journey. If he was with his buddies, they might kind of just, you know, build a bubble together, but it becomes impossible for him to do that. And I think that that's just, um, you know, human beings were contextualized, right? So like, if, if you take us out of our context and you suddenly meet people in the community that you hate or that you, you're prejudiced against uh, or that you have assumptions about, it's just so different when you make that personal connection and you you break out of your, your social bubble.
0: Well, I, I love, Rodrigo, that really his, his redemption, if we can call it that, maybe small r redemption, comes through personal narrative.
1: In, in what that, sense? Uh, do, do... Well,
0: just as he as he listens to others, as he steps into these other stories, and 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 I wonder, like I just you know Roger Ebert, empathy making machines. That's what that's what films are. Uh, the idea that you know there is power in story, that you know we're going to change the world by telling new stories, and so on. I was interviewing a woman uh, recently, uh, um, uh, Michelle Stevenson, her new film Stateless. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, and I want to ask you this same question, because you kind of end the film with, you know, the the monk saying to him, you, you know, the, the, the Indians are more Christian than you Spaniards. And I think that's fascinating that the monk was able to see that, but the Spaniards weren't. And I asked Michelle the same question, why this person and not that person? Like, what is it about our history? You know, what is it about our, our series of repetitions that we go through that allows us to at some point say, Wow, this is not the way it should be, right? You know that 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 and that cuz I think that's what I'm really all about is trying to get people to step into that sense of how do we change the the narrative? How do we change the way things are? I don't know. I, I think
1: sense. I think we have to have the courage to really um step into another universe. I think mm. the reason colonialism, you know, is sustained is because we don't step out of our universes. We don't get, you know, transported into another time and another experience uh, of reality i think that's the key right it's like this courage to 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 be vulnerable and and so many of our conflicts socially are about one side being afraid of the other right mm. um and, and so at at the, at the same time in the case of of the character in the film like you know, he he is a lot less important than he thinks he is. Right. Like <laughs> right. he's just a soldier. And, and so what what I found fascinating was, you know, meeting the real people and and um, and listening to their stories of of violence and how they have survived and how they are seeking justice in many, in many cases. Um, And that courage that they have and how, how they are brave even in, in light of being victimized constantly, you know, it's a big contrast with this character who feels sorry for himself, but really he's, he's coming into this world at the top. You know he he's coming in with mm. a lot of power, and yet these folks have no power. But they're they're fighting and they're resisting, and and they have so much more hope, I think, than he does. They're they're right. they're a lot less afraid of 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 this this fight than he is.
0: So so you talked about vulnerability where. How, how were you able to step into some of those stories? I mean, these are very difficult uh, stories to hear, especially, I mean, especially sort of uh, Lorena's and Fatima's. I mean, it's just, you, you, as I listened, I just, and got deeper into how things played out. You, I mean, How can you not shake your head and just say, this is impossible, right? This is the stuff of fiction. We don't, we don't treat other people like this, but the reality is we do and we have, and it happens all the time. Um, how, how how were you able to it's speaking of that courage, just being able to 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 draw that out? I mean, there must have been such an incredible amount of trust there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew very early on that, you know, there was lots of ways to make the film. Um, but I wanted this character to encounter people living with the extreme violence that happens mm. in many parts of Mexico. And and sadly, all of these stories live along the route that cortez actually took so we were oh, able to wow. stay true to the history and isn't it wow true, yeah true to the film and and um what my approach to to um the collaboration as i see it with the real people in the film was just to be completely honest and and radically transparent and say to them this is what my film is about my film is mm. about you connecting your story to 500 years of, right. of this history the these weapons of of control and 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 conquest that have transformed, you know. So, for instance, like the first character that the conquistador meets is the son of a murdered journalist, and Mexico right. is one of the most uh, dangerous countries to be a journalist. It's, it's it's just incredible how many people, you know, quality journalists. Who are investigating serious issues have been murdered, and so um, he meets the son of one of them, and and the conversation with Jorge about his dad. His dad's uh, name was Moisés Sanchez. Moisés um, was was killed by a local, like a politician who didn't like his reporting about local issues, and um, and and so the it seems very. Um, you know, modern and very uh, constrained to the circumstances of Veracruz, but my my pitch to to his son was like, well, you know, this is so similar to the centuries of erasing voices and narratives, um, you know, like famously the, 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 the Spanish burnt a lot of sacred texts and we've lost a lot of, a lot of stories and a lot of knowledge because they destroyed so much of it. And it's, it's no different from the destruction of knowledge, um, that is happening when, when a journalist is murdered. And so I would make these very, um, sincere and transparent pitches to each person and whenever i could i would talk to them over the phone and then mm-hmm. we would meet and then we would visit with the crew and the the actor eduardo would also listen to um to the testimonies of 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 the people as they spoke to me so he was there helping me with with building this rapport and really just Interacting with them so that they could trust that we would listen and we would really do um, do right by them. And also, very importantly, and people who watch the film will notice that that each scene kind of changes in in style a little bit or in tone mm. because we listen to their input as well creatively. So there's a moment in the film where the conquistador uh, meets a poet he's imprisoned. Yes. You know, he's arrested by a, a, an indigenous uh, police force and he meets a local poet and the poet um, was the one who came up with this concept of arresting him and then speaking to the character only with poetry. He didn't want to do a classic interview. He wanted, he wanted to do a poem and, and I th- I found that just so fascinating um, and, and it was a challenge to take, you know, the ideas of real people and then figure out what the cinematic solution was, right, so that the film could kind of flex mm. and move through these spaces while listening to the real input, right, mm. of, of all these people. So it, it was it, – that's why I didn't know if we had a film because it was every – every day was a gamble, you know. <laughs> but what? we had to do it that way, that's, right, because
0: – Yeah, it's a it's a wild experiment. Hey, can you? I I do want to talk about um, that man that was murdered because I think he said. I think his son was saying something about how his father had talked about if we do nothing, if if we keep silence, you know, this is gonna this is going to continue. You know, and five hundred years later, it's 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 still continuing. And and why was his dad motivated? Why is Lorena's or sorry, Fatima's mother motivated? You know, you you know what I mean. How how is it one you can stand on the one side and not the other? Does it is? I mean, I don't I don't think I don't think there's a really clear answer there, Rodrigo. But I'd love for to hear you speak into that, having spent time with some of these folks.
1: Well, I, I, you know, Fatima is um, Fatima is is a young girl whose story is told by her mother in the film. And she was the victim of a horrible, horrible sexual assault and murder, which is a is, it's a it's a huge problem in Mexico. It happens all the time that um, that women are victimized and, and often with a, a ridiculous you know, degree of impunity. I think the, the percentages are above 90 percent. Ninety percent of cases uh, of feminicides are not uh, processed or, or or convicted, so it's shocking. And and what what really struck me about her mother's testimony, which is just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, and just just so incredibly honest, right? Like she's mm-hmm. so honestly clear. Her, you know, she has endured a level of pain that most of us will never ever encounter. And um, what what keeps her going, I think, is this this notion of justice of a, not mm. not the legal justice, but just like right. the injustice of someone having been murdered when she was just just a teenager, just beginning her life, uh, just in complete innocence, right? And so, like, I, I think. Th- this this idea of of being in in, in this in this path of, of of justice at a deep fundamental level is is very empowering and it, it allows you to survive this trauma and gives meaning right and so uh, you know we we respected that deeply and really tried to um, you know capture it in a way where cinematically it was engaging but you engaging in such a way that you could really feel the, the full power of this story. And and for instance, with, with, with Lorena, Fatima's mom, like we, we sat down for three and a half hours and, and recorded those three and a half hours of, of, of her testimony, of her telling her daughter's story and her family's, um, you know, like the aftermath of that story is also terrible. And, um, you know, we sat there for the whole thing. We didn't just say, this is what we need. Right. And, and off we go. No, we, we sat and offered her as much respect as we could, while also remembering that we're here to make a film. And and so, you know, you were asking, what is it that keeps you going? I think, you know, as a filmmaker, I've been lucky to learn, um, you know, on, in different projects and from different people that, you have a responsibility and your responsibility is this film. This film has to be worthwhile, worth you being there worth, you know, like all of this effort and and really worth asking people to, to relive this trauma because it's traumatic, right? When you ask someone to t- talk mm-hmm. about some of the worst things that have ever happened to them. So you have to make it worth it. And so I I always go back to that because you can really easily feel sorry for yourself or like apply your politics to things, you know, and, and really not give audiences the most that cinema can give, which is like this amazing immersive experience of connecting with other human beings and other experiences, you know? So I always reminded myself of that. And, um, you know, for folks who watch uh, the film and see, uh, you know, Fatima's story, you know, that's how I got through that, and that's why I think it, it's so powerful is because we were able to just give space to to her mother and to really capture her to the best of our ability and let her kind of own the screen and tell her story.
0: Mm. I'd love to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the cinematography, the, the 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 space that you've created, the sound design, all of those pieces that, when they come together, just have you know create that sense of import and, and impact. I guess you could say moments like the the, the shot of the police pickup trucks, the, what I think might've been part of the border wall, the, the conquistador picking up a plastic cup. I mean, obviously also the, just the the gorgeous cinematography itself, but can you talk a little bit about how some of that stuff uh, plays into the, 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 bigger narrative?
1: Well, I think, you know, we often, um, you know, we often talk about difficult subjects, right? Like, like horrific stories. Um, but but for me it's like cinema is inherently beautiful that's that's mm-hmm. the thing it's like it, it and it must be beautiful this contrast between beauty and horror is very important and i think if an image is beautiful it will draw you in and it will burn itself into your your mind and your heart you know kind of like the work of goya right like goya mm-hmm. made all these paintings mm-hmm. and all these all these uh lithographs of Of really horrific things that he lived in his time, but they're so beautifully rendered and this contrast is what makes them linger in your mind and so um, with 499, I was very lucky to work with uh, cinematographer Hanno Mejia, who's, who's a dear friend of mine, and from early on he said, you know what, like we need to shoot this in anamorphic. Anamorphic is this very widescreen aspect ratio that you see in classic, uh, you know, epic movies like Gladiator or Spartacus or Lawrence of Arabia, right? And what he was saying was like, you know take this format that is used for big hollywood epic stories about history and and let's use it and bring it out into the streets and into the mountains of mexico and let's let's create an epic documentary where we take this language and we reappropriate it and we turn it inside out and here we are like you know using this grammar of cinema that it's you know considered a very cinematic and very challenging to shoot in this in this format, and let's use it to tell these stories. And, and that way, we'll be able to bring the conquistador and the real people into the same space. And and then on top of that, he he kind of imposed a personal challenge on himself of working with uh, natural light, only available well, okay. at sources. So the film looks incredibly painterly, right? Because all the light is natural. Yeah. And um, and so whenever we would shoot, you know, like, for instance, like the conquistador picking up a plastic cup and realizing, you know, what the hell is this cup and, and you know like where am i <laughs> there's
0: something oh, really my wrong. by the way my f- one of my favorite well lots of moments uh, but one of my favorite moments just the absurdity of the, was it a cadillac that picked them up the drug dealer picks them up in a cadillac
1: <laughs> it, yeah it's a chrysler it's like a chrysler car. okay yeah.
0: sorry i don't know my cars too well but just the the absurdity of that and what you know that that what, what's going through the, the the conquistador's mind at that point you know
1: yeah, there was a there was a really good synergy between me, the, the cinematographer Hano, and Eduardo, the actor, who was also just fascinating. And he he was in, in in such a vibe, like he had hit like a frequency, you know. And he arrived mm. with these like really long fingernails that you see in the film. Um, and he 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 was um in in this mindset of like, I'm in the 16th century, I don't cut right. my fingernails, right? People had these horribly long fingernails and and he knew how to move with this very, very, um, ghost-like rhythm, but it didn't feel forced like a ghost. And then, you know, like, um, the, our cinematographer Hano was in like this great rapport with him. So, so we, we, we would, you know, pull over on the side of the road and, and find these, um, Ruined uh, police cars, and then the conquistador would walk through them, and and we all kind of knew what we had to do to kind of take that scene to to that epic level, and and I think it it becomes very rewarding when you watch uh, the film because because here he is this ghost, and it, he feels so authentic and so confident that he's, that he belongs in, 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 this place, you know, the film could have ended up being like an inadvertent comedy. Right. And,
0: and the, <laughs> I suppose the, that's true. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's a reason why so many movies about like characters traveling in time are comedies, because that's, that's, you know, and I, and I love some of those movies, but, but it's, it's the go-to reaction like really lean into the anachronism and laugh about it. Yeah, right.
0: Th- this is, this is no Bill and Ted's excellent adventure.
1: Yes, it's not, and 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 I found that very challenging. Like to make it not 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 about the comedy, I I feel like there there are funny moments, but but to make it not about the comedy was really really challenging because there's well, I would imagine.
0: And Rodrigo I would imagine a film like this when when you just don't know the the experimentation of it and so on and 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 there's such a personal in some cases gut-wrenching storytelling as well going on and the the authenticity of that it could have I guess it could have gone sideways pretty easily I suppose right and yet you and this is one of the things I just so love the serendipity of filmmaking you know the coming together in your vision as the director and some of its serendipity and obviously some of its you know, gifting and craft and strategy and all that as well, but how, how you bring brought the right people together. And here's this actor, Edward who's able to communicate these things with his face and his voice, you know, and, and just, yeah. Anyway, the magic of all that is just so marvelous for me. Anyway, I just wanted to celebrate that a little bit with you.
1: Yeah. And it's important to kind of like, um, you know, sh- spread that, that passion, and that Mm. vision with your team right like um you know everybody you know from from the writer that i collaborated with to kind of write this like kind of like story map or like the script was really like a a, like a list of intentions that we needed to seek out um from that from that you know collaborator lorena uh, padilla all the way to the editors um daniel and andrea like uh, we, we, uh, I had to kind of like really sell people on the, on the passion that I had for this project because, hmm. you know, that passion, once you kind of like connect it to someone else and they, they kind of latch onto it, that that's, that's where you're going to find the answers because I, I don't have the answers. I just have this crazy idea and I right. need everyone else to kind of be hunting <laughs> for ideas right you know we we got to hunt together for these ideas and and land you know land this film so you know it was it was a process from the beginning to the end of just constantly renewing that passion
0: would 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 would, would film directors make good gamblers
1: uh no because i think <laughs> we would gamble it all the way very quickly. <laughs> but, but, but I think there's, you know, it pays off to gamble with people that are passionate. Right. About, yes. You know, because when you're Absolutely. a team, you can get it done, you know, and, and, very early on, we were thinking about making this film with uh, with uh, producer Inti Cordera, based in Mexico City, and, and Inti suggested the idea of using these like multiple characters from history and, and having them reflect on different problems in Mexico. And soon we realized, you know, we, we can only do one. It has to be the the conquistador. If we had to pick one, it has to be the conquistador. And and um and from there on, you know like we had the passion to make this film and mm. and we fell in love with that idea and it got us through all the obstacles you know the classic stuff of filmmakers always dealing with funding and everything but just really like believing in that ghost and 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 being excited about him even before we had eduardo and we had the amazing costume that he wears like all this other stuff before it became real that passion kind of is is what keeps you going right like i mean this was a five-year process to make this movie yeah it's remarkable
0: Sadly uh, we're coming to the coming to the end of our conversation perhaps there's a part 2 in our future I mean I think I think your films about the future I love the the dreamlike nature of of where of where we're heading and I trust that people will watch this and 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 be able to walk away with with a sense of of hope amidst amidst you know amidst tragedy and uncertainty and 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 500 years of of tarnished kind of kind of history he asked the question right at the end of the film what became of I think my glory what became of my treasure and do you think that film really does have the power to get people to step back and ask those big questions those are pretty big existential questions it seems to me
1: yeah, I think we do have the, you know, art has the power to to move us to question our, our lives, right? I mean, and, and art is the chronicle of our existence, right? Like mm. all our questions, all our doubts have to be represented in our art. Otherwise, our art becomes meaningless. And, and, and so I think films have that power because, you know, it isn't about a film change in the world. It's about you know a film as a work of art that that empowers us to do mm. what we need to do in the world right and 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 there's a great need for change and and maybe 499 is a way of questioning you know why we need to change and where we need to go and, and just really inspiring that but i i have no idea what viewers in toronto will go on and do after watching 499 mm, right you know they know their challenges they know yes. what they need to deal with um, and so all I can do with with my film is just really like present this enormous question mark in the most compelling way that I can, you know, and just get you to really, really, uh, you know, feel this ghost of the conquistador and, and you mm. will do with it what you what you will. Right. And I, I trust that, that most human beings are decent and uh, and just, you know, they want to see things improve. And whatever that is, is fine with me.
0: So good, compelling, enormous question mark. It appeals to the philosopher in me for sure. Rodrigo, you've made a beautiful film and and, and a historic piece too. Uh, uh, it seems to me, and one I hope that people will be will be watching over the next eight to twelve months, but for in perpetuity for for years to come. It's a uh, it's a stunning piece and 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 a moving moving uh, film. Thank you, thank you so much. And we we've been talking with Rodrigo Reyes today about his new film Four Nine Nine, winner of the special jury prize at the hot Docs film festival and um i was gonna say rodrigo soon coming to a theater near you but i guess that's probably not true in the very near future but yeah uh, that's on hold def-
1: for now but you can watch it online at the can- hot Docs virtual festival
0: absolutely thank you so much for your time today rodrigo i really appreciate it
1: thank you thank you david